Welcome to podcasts recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. We're going to start off today with a long personal story of mine. In fact, it is so long and so personal that I think I'm going to break it in half so that you don't fall asleep partway through it. So bear with me. It all started about 25 years ago, and my partner at the time and I decided we would actually go on our first real live vacation together. We decided to go to Hawaii, and this was back really before the internet was, you know, the way to get reservations for things, so we went into an actual travel agent, and (laughs) I know, again, I'm showing how old I am, but believe me, there actually was this thing called a travel agent, and you would go, and she or he would plan the most marvelous vacation for you. And so it was airline tickets to Hawaii. It was a beautiful beachfront hotel right on Ka'anapali Beach. It was, uh, uh, she arranged a, a scuba lessons uh, for my partner. I'm not much of a swimmer, but, but like he was uh, really into wanting to learn how to do a bit of scuba. And I got to tell you, kind of the highlight of it was she arranged for us to take a catamaran to visit a couple of the other islands. And we even got to have an overnight um, on, on, on Kauai. And I, I can't even remember the, the details uh, exactly right now. But we had planned to visit the National Tropical Botanical Garden. We had tickets to see, uh, oh, oh, I didn't even mention. So it was over Thanksgiving. And they had this, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, involved food and fire. It was like a, like tor- like torch luau things and fire dancing and oh my gosh we had planned it for weeks and weeks and weeks the travel agent had given us pictures of lots of the activities we were going to do and it truly was like the trip of a lifetime so we get there 2 days before thanksgiving and it's raining And it rains the entire next day we're there. It's a 10-day trip. And on day number three, the tropical storm hits. (laughs) And they shutter up the windows on the hotel because they're actually worried that debris from the storm will shatter the windows. So we don't even get to see the outside (laughs) after day three. And on day four, on Thanksgiving Day, we go out and Ka'anapali Beach isn't there anymore. The tropical storm literally washed away the beach and even one side of the swimming pool of our hotel. We were informed, of course, that the luau was canceled. It was too rough. They were refunding our tickets for the catamaran journey. Basically, every plan that we had made was now null and void, and we were looking at spending 10 days inside of our shuttered hotel room. (laughs) 
I think I'll stop the story right now and we'll move on to something more pleasant for a bit. So this month, we're using The Art of Possibility. It's a book by Rosamond and Benjamin Zander. And we're learning how to see beyond some of the things that are presented to us on a daily basis in order to see more possibilities. And I got to tell you, right out of the book this week, it talks about how dangerous expectations are. You see how this fits into my story? We had big expectations, didn't we? I mean, from the get-go when I said, this is the trip of the lifetime, right? It's like, uh (laughs) uh-oh. If anything could go wrong, right? This might be the time to experience it. Our expectations were so high and so exacting that it really felt like a crushing blow, even that first day, just getting off of the plane in the rain. I mean, we didn't even know about the tropical storm heading our way at that time. Just that first day, standing on the tarmac, our luggage getting soaked, us only having packed shorts and bathing suits and t-shirts for the most part, right? Right from the get-go, our expectations trashed. The Xanders say that anytime we have a really clear expectation on the form of something, we are limiting our, pers- uh, our possibilities. Now, now, keep in mind, it's fine to have expectations around how you want to experience life. It's fine. In fact, it's a wonderful thing to have intentions for experiencing love and joy and peace and all the things you might get on a vacation. But anytime you begin nailing down exactly what it is you want to have. Oh my gosh. You know, I do a lot of weddings, as you can imagine, as a minister, and there's that story about the bridezilla. Have you, have you, like, the bridezilla? Well, I actually had one. I mean, I've probably done, I don't know, at least 25 weddings or so in, in, in my career as a minister. Only one where I would say, I had a bridezilla. And it wasn't that she wanted anything wrong at all. She wanted to have beautiful flowers. She wanted to have uh, gorgeous music. She wanted all of her family to be there. She wanted the photographer to to capture the, the moment. I mean, all of those things. Well, of course she would want those things at the wedding. But her style was the pink roses. That's not the pink I wanted. The pink on the roses matches this ribbon. She sent the flowers back. The musicians got there. Now keep in mind, they had already uh, you know, worked with the, the musicians to pick out the music and to, to do the flow of the order of service and all that. So the musicians get there to do a sound check and to practice and she orders them out. No one said there was going to be anything interrupting the day like that. (laughs) How how are you feeling about this wedding so far, right? Oh, okay. Been there, done that. Yeah. So, So not only did she, you see the trouble here. It's not that the expectations of beauty were wrong. It wasn't that the expectations of of harmony and joy were wrong, but anytime we tie ourselves to the exact precise little details, we're asking for trouble. We're ignoring an entire universe 
of possibility for having a good time, for feeling love, for enjoying ourselves. And we're saying, no, unless this rose petal is the shade I picked out at the florist three weeks ago, this is all shit. Take it back. (laughs) Well, I got to tell you, if that's our attitude, if that's the level of expectations we have, we're not going to be able to experience as much love and joy, as much peace and happiness as we would like to, simply because we have limited our possibilities of enjoyment down to just one very narrow set of circumstances. So I'll tell uh, part two of my story now. So I think the turning point, because I got to tell you, we were pretty pissy about the whole thing. I, I just, I mean, I wouldn't be telling the truth if I said we just like went for it and said, oh, we'll have fun anyway, because that would just be lying. But I got to tell you, on day three, when we saw that the beach was gone, it really went kind of something snapped in me, <laughs> maybe a little bit. And I decided, you know, I need to change my attitude here or we should just come home. We should just go to the airport and hopefully the storm would let up enough that we could fly home. But I had this little thought. So I'm looking out at the property there and and all of its devastation and the rain is just driving in. Just one of those where the rain is like going sideways even more than it's coming down. And there was something in me that snapped and I said to myself, this is just like at home. (laughs) Right? We've all been down to the coast when the rain's coming sideways, right? And there was something in me that went, oh my gosh, I've had some of the best times in my life when the rain's going sideways right at home. So what if we don't get to do the catamaran? There'll be another chance at that. So what if uh, we had plans for a luau? And in fact, on, on Thanksgiving morning, there were free tickets. There was a refund for the luau and free tickets to a beautiful Hawaiian buffet that they put on inside the hotel. I mean, the the hotel, of course, they want people to come back. They don't want to just say, you know, too bad. <laughs> so, I mean, they did amazing things for us to make things as nice as they could. In fact, they shipped us over to a competitive hotel because they were having a hula contest over there. And so they paid for transportation to us to go to one of the competitor hotels because they thought that would be a nice way to spend a rainy afternoon. And we should, we should do that for our guests, even though, you know, we have to rent a bus to take them. And and I mean, it ended up being a lovely time because we were willing to let it be a lovely time. We were willing to put aside our exact idea of what should happen and allow it to unfold, sometimes with a little uncertainty, but still we were willing to actually look for having a good time. To, to be willing to see the possibilities that it could be fun. And in fact, I remember on, we were there for 10 days. It rained literally every single day except 
the last day on the way to the airport, right? Just to, it's, it's as though God were saying, see, you could do it, you could do it. <laughs> and in fact, I think about day seven or eight, it occurred to me, well, what's another thing that I love to do on, on the coast here when the rain's coming sideways? And so the hotel uh, offered to drop us off at the public library. They gave us visitor library cards, and I got to check out the two Agatha Christie murder mysteries that I had never actually read, <laughs> right? It's like it was a wonderful vacation because we were open to it. All right, one more topic that I want to talk about, and it's called rule number six, and this will have to pass for today's joke. So if you're expecting a joke other than this, I apologize ahead of time, but it is a good story, and it comes right out of the book here. So true prime ministers are sitting in a room discussing the affairs of state. Suddenly a man bursts in, apoplectic with fury, shouting, stamping, banging his fists on the desk. The resident prime minister admonishes him. Peter, he says, kindly remember rule number six. Whereupon, Peter is instantly restored to calmness and, and conversation and, and leaves the room. The politicians return to their conversation only to be interrupted again about 20 minutes later by a hysterical woman gesticulating, I love that word by the way, gesticulating wildly, her hair flying. Again, the intruder is greeted with the words, Marie, Please remember rule number six. Well, calm dispends once more, and she too withdraws with a small bow and an apology. When the same scene is repeated a third time, the visiting prime minister addresses his colleague, My dear friend, I have seen many things in my life, but never anything as remarkable as this. Would you be willing to share with me the secret of rule number six? Oh, it's very simple, replied the prime minister. Rule number six is this. Don't take yourself so goddamn seriously. <laughs> so my friends, have you ever known what I would call a drama queen, but in reality they're just as apt to be men as women, right? This is someone who will take something minor that happens and whip it into grand opera. And I would like to suggest that we all have our moments as drama queens and drama kings. We all take something that is just something that happened and turn it into an, a personal assault by the universe in general. And whether it's losing a job, I mean, and sometimes, don't get me wrong, sometimes these are important things. You might lose a job. You might have a relationship breakup. Someone that you love may become ill. Don't get me wrong. It's not always trivial things. But when we catastrophize things that happen to us, once again, what are we doing? We are ratcheting down the possibilities that things may actually turn out fine. We're, we're losing sight of the fact that you might get a better job. We're losing sight of the fact that maybe it was time for a different relationship. We're losing sight of the fact that our friend may become completely healed. Why, why walk down a path of mayhem and tragedy 
focusing our intentions, focusing the possibilities on those few things that can go wrong when our lives in potential are magnificent. When the infinity of God is there to perhaps extend that hand of possibility to say, this can easily be turned around in an infinite number of ways. And so next time, well, in fact, you, maybe you can sense your homework starting to, to drift out a little bit. What I would uh, encourage you to do this week is to institute rule number six in your own homes. The next time so-called tragedy strikes, ask yourself, really, am I going to die? Is something terrible really happened? Or can I just not take myself so seriously, right? Maybe life, really, if we pay attention to the possibilities, can deliver us something truly amazing if we're open to it, if we put aside that little bit of us that just wants to scream and carry on and say how unfair and how tedious and how raining sideways it is. <laughs> so that's your homework for this week. So I'm going to close here with a quote from the book. Uh, but honestly, you probably want to know how the vacation turned out. It was probably the nicest vacation I've ever been on. And you know why? It's because it brought us back to why we were going to begin with, to celebrate our relationship, to spend 10 days together, which we had not done since we moved in together. It was the true opportunity for intimacy building, for being together in a way that we'd promised ourselves. That's why it was such a big deal. It was, in a sense, our, our first vacation together. And it was beautiful. It absolutely was the dream of a lifetime. And although I've been back to, to Hawaii, and, you'll, and for those of you who like Maui, I swear Kanapali Beach is back. They, I don't know whether they brought in bulldozers of sand, but, but you can enjoy it once again, right? But I won't recapture that level of love and sweetness again. That's, that's here forever as part of the perfect vacation. So I'm going to read uh, from The Art of Possibility and then do a quick prayer. Being with the way things are calls for an expansion of ourselves. We always must start with the facts. We must start with what is, not from what should be, not from our expectations. We encompass the contradictions, the painful feelings, the fears and imaginings. We, we hold it all, and then, without fleeing, blaming, or attempting correction, we learn to soar to see future possibilities. Like the far-seeing hawk over the whole landscape, we find a new way of being. The practice of being with the way things are allows us to alight in a place of openness where the truth readies us for the next step and the next possibility. Let us pray. There is one power, 
one presence, one life, one goodness, one joy. There is but that one thing. I, I call it God, but you could call it the universe. You could call it the divine feminine, Allah. It goes by so many names, but it is but that one thing. And so in that one thing, I live and breathe and have my life, knowing that as God is love, so love is available to me. As God is peace, so that potential for peace exists in my life, that God's joy, God's effervescence of being is, is mine to have and to hold, to experience. And as it is true for me, it is true for each person in this room, each person here, a, a centralized consciousness of God itself and for each person here, that capability of seeing the potential in all life. And so perhaps for the people here today, there is that easiness of being that might allow us just to see the lighter side of life, to let go of that desire to, to make drama out of small things, to, to feel things extra hard when they might be felt with some levity or joyousness. That possibility thinking that we've been talking about is truly available to all, and today I celebrate it. And so I release this prayer into the action and activity of the law itself. I let it be, and together we say, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you were here. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and to make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at www.pcsl.us slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.